Okay, this is continuing um, brainstorming session with Dr. Chaitanya. My my question is, you know, in our in our scheme for angel wing, there is the nutrition, there is the exercise and nutrition. How did I say that? I'm just looking at that here. Yeah, angel wing is nutrition and physical fitness program. So they, they both go together. Nutrition and physical fitness go together. Um, you've been talking about inertia right now versus rest. Very interesting distinction. You also talked about the fact that the body is affected significantly just by staying in one position. That's a problem. Um, and movement is required individualized way. That's, uh, that's un uh, understandable. So a certain type of exercise, movement, walking, whatever it might be, stretching, weights, depending on the person's specific needs. That's understandable. So the word fitness, in my mind, is referring to a state of proper, very good physiological balance in all 11 physiological systems. That they are all, always they're all hanging together. The physiology of the body in general is at optimal level. So there, there, so there really is such a thing as optimal physiology. I don't know what the technical word for that might be. That's like an ideal. I don't know that anybody's actually there. Maybe some people are. You know, I'm sure there are people who are there. Could you talk about this continuum? Just, I'm trying to open up this word fitness a little bit further to kind of understand it further. It seems to me that there's a continuum between like poor physiology which occurs because of imbalances, because of diseases, disorders, whatever it might be. Because the problem in one area of the body impacts the rest of the body. And, you know, that's, I, I think most people know that. So there's like, it seems to me there's a continuum in general between really poor, terrible physiology, I mean, to the point where, you know, it's like, I mean, not, not like a person's going to die, but it's like, it's pretty bad physiology. That's one extreme. The other extreme is like the physiology of the body is just at the best possible level based on the age, based on, you know, the stage of life, right? To me, there's a continuum like that. And, and I don't know, maybe you might think of it differently, uh, Chaitanya. What is, what are the biggest personal development factors that will optimize the physiology of the body. Now, you just mentioned about inertia uh, and movement and physical fitness. So, so we keep our attention just on the, on the function of the body and the, to make the body fit. So in my mind, when I hear the word fitness, the fit body is like optimal physiology. So could you elaborate on that transition into that fit state further? And if, again, the Angel Wing program has... All of these, you know, you've got meditation, you've got nutrition, you've got, uh, you, you know, there's educational peace, accountability, peers. All this thing that we're doing, plus additional things, are all required for that real fitness to come about. So, my question is, could you elaborate further on this word fitness in relation to the function of the body, the physiology of the body. Like for example, if I go for a walk every day for an hour, the physiology of the body is going to change. For sure it will change. Now I may experience some pains, you know, I may experience a little bit of discomfort, but, but that may be a healthy type of discomfort. 
you know, so could you elaborate on that? Because it seems like that the transition into a healthy state, there's a little bit of pain involved in that. There can be. There can also be a little bit of, what is that called? You know, like a, like like that coming out of that that dysfunctional comfort zone. That's more of the mind-body stuff. So I don't know how, how you want to answer this. Yeah, the, they're all connected, of course. Mind is a big factor about physical fitness. Why do people do not do? Firstly, yes, we all have to understand that you have to to do anything new, for example, or different. Like if I have been not been exercising and I was told to exercise, I know exercise is good for me, but I can't do it. Why? Because the mind comes into play because I don't want to feel uncomfortable. So I think going out of your comfort zone has to be understood as a long-term gain and not that I'm, you know, I don't want to go give in to the short-term gain of doing something else instead. So that is the point. And so the why is important. In everything, why is important. That means why do I want to be walking? What is the reason for that? Because if we don't, if you're not convinced about the why behind things, you will not do it because it is not convincing enough. Yes, to and, th- and that's where that's where this educational piece comes yeah, in. Yeah, exactly. So that is why it's important for us, even nutrition in every factor. But let's say physical exercise right now, fitness. I know I have to walk an hour a day, and the doctor gives me this prescription. Um, I'm just an example. Hour a day is too long, but um, let's say half hour a day, or you know, a few couple of miles a day, and I know I have to do it. Um, I may be willing to eat right, I may be willing to do many other things, but I am not just willing to move. Because that movement for me is, in my mind, is such an arduous task and I have to go out of my comfort zone so much that I just want to put it off. You know, I'm not going to do it. So that is why we have to come to a point to say, firstly, I am not going to give too much value to my mind and I am going to do slowly. Let's say I'm going to start with 15 minutes, 20 minutes just to get out of that comfort zone and build a habit of just getting into my shoes and moving and moving and moving. So again, it's momentum, right? So when you get into that, once you build the momentum, then you're going to increase it. 15 minutes can become 20 minutes, 25 minutes, half hour. There you are. You're at the goal. But the fact to understand is why is important it's not enough to say i just want to be healthy no there must be a bigger bigger goal behind it or mission behind it or vision i want to be healthy because of so so and so and it could be short-term goals i don't care if it's there is no bigger purpose life is full of small purposes in life actually Uh, you know there's no one thing to save the world or you know anything that you have to achieve again so Bring that into your mind and remind yourself every time you go for a walk, it's almost like having a flashcard or an index card saying, I am doing this because of this, this and this. So when you get that ingrained, you're going to not think too much, not hesitate, not allow your mind to play too much a part of it. Firstly, don't give yourself a choice. When there is a choice, then you make the choice one way or the other. If there is no choice, you're going to go ahead and do it. So take away choices in your life in that instant and just, you know, wear your shoes and, you know, just get moving. So the the good news about this is firstly, you are getting, you are taking charge. So two things happen in this, which is the beauty of this whole thing is you got over your mind and you're the one who's the decision maker. So that became evident. So that can overflow in all other aspects of your life too. So the second thing is you build a habit, you build a routine. 
of moving. And the third thing is, the translation of the consequences of moving and exercise is humongous. It's not one. Your brain improves, the circulation improves, endorphins kicking. You actually feel better. It's a stress buster. So that actually helped you even um, get out of some of the depression you were going through or not even realizing you were going through. You have more energy in your body because the energy flows more effectively. And that energy is sustaining every organ in your body. Your cardiovascular system improves. Now your digestion is improving. Your stomach doesn't hurt anymore. Your bowel movements are regular. Um, You know, so your insulin is working better. Uh, your food is digesting better. Your hormones are um, working better now. For women, you know, literally, you know, your um, periods get regular, you know, things like that. So it just overflows in so many ways. It is just incredible. So it is not just limited to just your body's physical fitness. It's just getting to do it and where do you get from A to B is the question. So I think it has a lot of impact and, you know. Yes, uh, very, very well stated, Dr. Shetna. I, I just want to ask just one more follow-up on this point. The connection between nutrition, which is the food intake, food, water, liquid intake, um, and the movement of the body, physical activity of the body, it seems to me that there is a direct relationship between these two. You just mentioned about energy utilization, that we already have a lot of energy stored inside the body, but it's not being unlocked. So could you talk a little bit more about how the body unlocks stored energy through the exercise process, movement process, physical, you know, to be, to, towards, fit, towards fitness, and then the relationship with the diet, with the food intake, the nutritional angle. Because there's people who sometimes really exercise very consistently, but their nutrition is really bad, is really poor. And then there's people whose nutrition is pretty good, but they don't move. They don't. I mean, they may not be doing much movement. They may not be doing much physical activity. Uh, what is the bridge, the marriage between these two? How do they, these two pieces hang together? Because in our Angel Wing program, they are put together. So could you talk about how they hang together? Absolutely. It's almost like, you know, which we don't look at it unfortunately like that and that's why we have, you know, problems. It's, you know, really two face two faces of a coin or two faces of a card. Yeah. Because the idea is when you move, you yes, you unleash your, you know, energy and um not I mean just like I mentioned all the aspects of muscle movement and bone strength and all circulation and everything. But in the process when you exercise, your need for the energy increases. And how do you provide that energy? Of course, most of us have a lot of stored energy, so you really don't need energy for too long. But then again, if you're thinking how the I mean, if you're talking about the connection between food and Uh, you know, exercise or energy, we know that food provides energy. So the need for the energy increases. And what the food does is provides that energy or nutrients. So all the vitamins or the minerals. So for every chemical reaction which happens in the body, you need vitamins and minerals. They're called cofactors, like vitamin Bs especially. So these are the ones which are, you know, broken up and then provide this energy to running this whole factory or this whole mechanism of as a human body. So that is why this is is so interconnected. Now, if somebody doesn't move much 
and they eat right, um, after a while what happens is the body doesn't know what to do with the extra food because then it becomes extra food because you're not exercising and it starts storing. So even if you're eating the right food, you still gain weight at some point because what is the body going to do with extra food? And that is why at that point we try to tell people how the concept of fasting comes in between where it actually, you know, kind of reverses a lot of processes and uses the stored energy at that time. But most people don't do it. They think that they, if they don't die, I mean, sorry, uh, excuse me, if they don't eat a meal, they're going to die. And that's a mindset they've developed because this is what they've been told. You have to eat three meals a day. Otherwise, you're not going to be healthy. That That is wrong. The body is getting much more than it should. Most of us, even the people who exercise, unfortunately, we overestimate how much we exercise and underestimate how much we eat. So this is like a common thing which we all go through. So in fact, we have to do it the other way around. And including me, actually. You have to underestimate how much you exercise. That means you have to keep doing more and more and overestimate how much you eat. If you really keep a food diary and note down everything which you put in your mouth, you're going to be amazed at how much of the food you end up exactly eating it. That's why you need to keep an account of everything you do. And actually it empowers you to. And, you know, and it allows you to figure out who you are and what you do. You know, and you're more conscious about making decisions at that point, more aware of everything. And the same goes with your thoughts. So if you're aware of your thought, essentially, if you're aware of the food you eat, if you're aware of how much exercise you do, basically you got it. You know, that is just in enough to go by. It is very simple if you really look at it. We make it complicated because you allow our mind to come in between. Oh, I'm not feeling good. I worked hard. Maybe food is going to make me feel better. You know, things like that. So that complicates stuff. You call it comfort eating or comfort foods, you know, which makes you feel better in that instant. So, you know, you feel better. You know, things like that happen. Those come, those things come in between and, and then you're out of the, you know, kind of thrown out of, you know, your loop, essentially. Thank you very much, Dr. Chetna. Krupal, okay.